0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of This is CX. Uh, We are here talking a little bit about chatbots and conversational interfaces. So looking forward to having a really good conversation here. Uh, Today, I am joined by Paul Hagen. Paul, welcome. Hey, Mike. And Paul and I are joined by a senior architect in our West Monroe Partners uh, technology practice, John Sprunger. Uh, John, welcome. Hey, thanks, Mike. John, why don't you just uh, introduce yourself real quick to, to those who are listening today?
1: Uh, sure. So I'm a senior architect in our technology practice uh, here at West Monroe Partners in our Chicago office. I've been with West Monroe over 11 years, and I lead our mobile software development practice uh, and all of our efforts around um, the expansion of mobile and post-app technologies, including uh, conversational interfaces, uh, chatbots, virtual assistants, wearables, AR, VR, uh, and things like that, emerging technologies. Awesome.
0: Well, we really appreciate you joining us today um, and really, really excited about the conversation that that we're going to have. So, you know, we we use this term conversational interface. Um, Paul, can you just tell everyone what is a conversational interface, you know what types are out there, uh, what are some good examples that maybe people are familiar with?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um I think there are different kinds of conversational interfaces. Um but probably the one we've heard most people have heard uh or, or seen is uh things like Siri in your phone or Alexa the Echo that you can can and purchase. Um many people use Facebook uh, or Facebook Messenger um and or or WhatsApp, one of the messaging platforms. Um all of those are conversational interfaces and essentially it's a uh, it's a transition from what we've traditionally known as the way of accessing inf- the interface for us accessing information, which is, you know, more of a computer screen or a tablet screen, you know, where it's, you know, we've got to click, use a mouse or, or use our finger to, to really a, a more of a verbal, conver- literally a conversational interface. You would use natural language to ask rather than point and click uh, on links, um, I, I often laugh because my kid, we, we got an Echo in our house, and our uh, my kids immediately took to it. Uh, they started uh, 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 becoming best friends with Echo and uh, uh, or Alexa. And having Alexa play Jingle Bells over and over and <laughs> over again in our household, so um, it's it's kind of amazing when you see kids inter- interact with some of the new interfaces to information um, um, because they, you know, again, it's a much more natural type of of way that we interact with people and, and gather information. So we think that these conversational interfaces will really we're on the tip of the the iceberg of of uh, you know really transitioning the way people interact with information and data.
0: Let me ask you the guys this. Why, if this is natural, why are companies interested in it now? What, what's what been driving um, an interest? Because, I mean, I would imagine that whether the technology has existed for a while, I think there's been some examples out there.
1: Um, why is it really starting to pick up steam? Yeah, I, I think this technology is really... Been around for a while. The the chatbots and things really aren't <clears throat> aren't anything too terribly new. They've been around, you know, since the the late nineties. Um, the thing is that the the technical logical advancements uh, over the past probably three to five years or so are actually making some of these technologies um, actually usable. Uh, So, you know, chatbots, chatbots might have been around for a while, uh, but they were pretty annoying uh, to use in the past. And now the natural language processing uh, capabilities and services that are out there, the voice recognition processing uh, has improved so much just over the past two to three years uh, to really make some of these experiences like Siri, like Alexa uh, possible. Uh, these technologies were just too annoying to use uh, in the past for most users. Uh, so now they're at a point where they're not going to frustrate people, which is driving a lot of the, um, the the recent development and kind of recent advent of these technologies.
2: I'd also say that... Um that consumer behavior is changing a bit as well. So as we enter, you know, as John pointed out earlier in, in his intro, he's he's focused on this post app world. What we're seeing is consumer behavior where they used to download a bunch of apps for the mobile device, really only using you know a, a few devi- a few of those apps, and the messaging platforms, you know, like Facebook, like WhatsApp, um, like WeChat in in, in China. are are really driving a lot of where people are spending their time. And there's a desire to get rather than forcing consumers and and customers to come to a separate website or a separate mobile app, go and bring functionality to where they spend most of their time. And so you see these environments being able to, you know, uh, uh, create capability Um, again, where they're at. If it's in your living room, I'm using Alexa. Why can't I within Alexa? Fire up an uh, a a skill and and be able to interact with that skill right there within the environment that i'm in, so it's a little bit of that customer behavior that's changing as well, which is 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 driving the interest
1: yeah, yeah. And I think people are seeing the power of some of these use cases it's a lot easier to uh, yell at Alexa from across the room to you know change the thermostat than it is to get up and do it yourself, and I think it's got people thinking. Um, you know, what are some other ways that we could could use this technology? Uh, how could I use this to put data into a, a spreadsheet or a database more quickly? Or how could I uh, interact with an enterprise system to to query information from it in a more easy way?
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting. And in the, the idea of what else can it do? I think um, I, uh, I think both of you were actually involved in some proof of concept work that we've done with some of our clients. Um, I like the the story around uh, enter, in the energy and utility space, the idea of a utility for me to be able to kind of yell out to Alexa, hey, Alexa, how much electricity am I using currently as compared to a year ago or a month ago? And and, and be able to actually potentially change some of my behavior based on the ease of access of data, as well as being able to then have a conversation around it with essentially a machine um, it might actually help change some of my behavior is that is that also what we're kind of expecting?
2: Yeah I, I, you know I think that ability that ease of access to information right if you've got to log into something and you've got to navigate through the through you know multiple layers of a website to go to, go see that right there's a certain friction that's there. Um, you know if I can yell across the, the you know the, the, the living room, hey Alexa um, you know how, how am I doing how am I doing compared to my neighbor? Right. You just there's there's an element of this, which is, you know, a continued ease of doing business, uh, you know, uh, uh, making things easier and more frictionless for for consumers. So, you know, I think that's that's ultimately where we're going is, you know, make make life easier for them, allow them to do the things that they want to do without having to, you know, navigate through uh, an artifact of the of the past. and, And, you know, which is the way that. You know, our, our you know, computers are essentially an interface to information, you know, that 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 computer, that laptop screen or those that mu- mouse and keyboard, all artifacts that, you know, don't have to be there. And I think we're just changing that and making it easier for people to get information in a context where they need. Does that mean those things will go away? Absolutely not. You know, I think we're going to we're going to you know quickly move into you know, what was a multi-channel world to a multi-sensory world where, you know, you're using voice, you're using uh, hearing, you're using sen- uh, haptic or the sensory interfaces, you're using visuals, you know, it's uh, it really, I think from a customer experience perspective, there's a very, very interesting design uh, uh, challenge coming up, which is moving again from that multi-channel world to the multi-sensory world. Yeah. So we talked a little bit
0: about some of the positive impact that we think it'll have on customers and, and potentially the change in the behavior, or at least meet the, the change in behavior. What about from an organization standpoint, what's the value that conversational interfaces or, you know, something like a chat bot would actually be able to deliver? What can it help them do?
2: Well, I think at the, at the, at the, f- Foremost piece, I think companies are trying to up their self-service game, you know, make it easier for customers to serve themselves. Um, And if you can do some interactions, you know, especially the low hanging, you know, the low hanging fruit of the easy transactional types of things through a a smart kind of chat bot. um, That means people aren't calling into the contact center. That means they're able to get their information or start a sales process um, you know, without talking to a a live person or starting to get support, um, you know, and then escalate that to a, to a live person. Um, so, so I think at the, at at the core, you know, everything that, uh, companies are trying to do around self-service, um, and, and making self-service more efficient and easier and effective, you know, I think is, is the number one thing that people are trying to do. I think, you know, there's the secondary, Thing is is really trying to build um, you know uh, some level of engagement with customers. If you've got uh, a chatbot that can spend some time talking with a customer, w- walking them through you know pros and cons of things. Again, I, you know I think some of this stuff is early days. So as soon as I get into that conversation, I immediately think to myself, oh no, don't don't even go there because the technology. While well, there's a lot of hype around it, and and you know the bottom line is. Chatbots today are not like, you know, the movie She or, you know, uh, um, Hal the computer, you know, or, uh, <laughs> you know, they're just not that good. And so the conversations you can have, you know, at least today we're advising our, our, our clients, keep it incredibly simple and focused. You know, where you fail is trying to do too much with these things uh, and have them too open ended because they're not that good. But, you know, I th- again, I think the, the first phase is, is really around that, you know, high performance self-service, if you will. Yeah,
0: John, have you seen any other uh, based on conversations you're having uh, with uh, clients and and others out in the industry? Um, other areas in which uh, you know kind of organizations are focused on on
1: getting value through through conversational interfaces. Yep, I think I think right behind the consumer uh, customer focused use cases, uh, we're looking at sort of internal enterprise business focused use cases a good example uh things for field services where uh employees need to do uh, hands-free work or or they're they're kind of constantly interacting with mobile devices to log activities or or log uh completed jobs or uh get direction on on what their next task uh can be uh so i think there's a lot of interesting use cases uh in the enterprise um and like paul said it's these Kind of quick transactional conversations right now, you know, don't expect, uh, you know, a deep uh, AI or anything to be interacting with you. But I think it's these these uh, areas where it's a lot of the similar use cases that mobile devices have been uh, propped up for over the past five or six years.
2: Yeah, the employee, the employee enablement, you know, and, and making employees more efficient when they can't necessarily use their hands, um, um, you know, that's certainly in a warehouse type of situation or uh, in utilities, you know, uh, technicians being out in the field, um, you know, then it gets really interesting, uh, again, thinking about, you know, not just the, 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 the voice interface, but also the visual interface, um, you know, and wearables or, or uh, augmented reality that, that John, uh, it's fun to, fun to play with John and this human centered design because, you know, ultimately we're trying to solve problems that for, for people and people are always trying to access information. And so with some of these modern interfaces, it's really about how do you create the interface that works for the person who's trying to get a job done um, and, and make that easier and quicker and, and, and more effective. super interesting use cases there.
0: Cool. All right. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, what conversational interfaces are, the value that it can bring both internally and and externally. So let's talk about how we get started. How do, if companies are interested in potentially looking at these, uh, looking at this technology to provide a better experience to their customers or even to their internal customers, how do they get started? Thoughts?
2: Well, you know, I, I I think it's you know picking and understanding. You know, it's it's like any any technology. You know, starting with a strategy and understanding. You know, uh, the the. the the technology is another shiny object, and so backing for, away from that and saying, "What are we trying to do? And what are what are the different uh, constit? You know, our people, our, 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 our you know our customers. How are they trying to, to do things? Where do they live now? How do I use that technology to deliver value to them?" So at a high level, it's really you know we we spend time you know on that strategic piece saying. You know what are you doing today to try to improve you know self-service for your consumers well now how can you you know let's let's take the the conversational interfaces as a lens to you know the mobile app development that you're doing to the self-service uh, uh, efforts to you know improvements in the in the the agent desktop and so forth and and start saying how do you layer over um, you know these conversational interfaces into the work that you're already trying to do, if it's employee engagement or enablement, you know sort of same thing is how do you start enabling, you know look at the existing things that you have going on and 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 start building a capability uh, around around doing things. So you know it, to me there's a piece of this which is building capability and understanding that designing. Um, conversational interfaces is different than designing a mobile interface which was different than designing a web interface which was different than designing print right they're all just different interfaces they require a a specific design but you know you can use the human centered design principles you know creating the personas understanding the the jobs to be done or the use cases that you're, you're, you know, you're trying to uh, solve for uh, making the business case around that. And then, um, you know, building the technology stack capability to go deliver those things.
0: And, and Paul, maybe this is a follow up for you, but what, what are some of the challenges that organizations are facing when trying to do this? So you talk about being able to use some of our human centered design principles to, to better understand you know, value driving activities where this could be fit in, but and once you kind of target those, what are some of the challenges to actually get get these things started?
2: Yeah, I would say a couple. One is on the people front. So designing designing uh, you know designing these these interfaces is different again, and so understanding how to design them. You know, I, I, we see people going out and, and uh, I've seen company. You know, there's one company that started up that actually was you know formed out of Pixar you know, as storytellers. It was people who understand conversations and, and dialogues and could create those, you know, and create personality in there. So there's a whole capability to to stand up there. And then there's the technology. It's a wonderful thing to, to design a, a great conversation. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're talking about transactional types of things, you have to have you know, the technology stack, which includes, you know, the platform that you're going to go through. You may want to have these conversations go through multiple platforms. Um, You may have to have them hit into some of your internal data systems. And, you know, John can talk a lot about these, but, you know, integration into whatever transactional systems may not be you know, that data may not be accessible, that data may not be as high performance as you need within, a, within the, the context of, you know, conversations and a lot of inner uh, hits on those. Um, um, there's private, privacy and security uh, kinds of uh, implications, HIPAA, you know, when you get into uh, healthcare, um, other regulations around privacy. So, so a lot of various different challenges, you know, on the technology stack, the design stack, and then probably the organizational design, the organizational process and flow um, as you start changing these things around.
0: Yeah. So that's a good segue. John, what are, in terms of the technology, uh, seems like there's a lot of it out there. Uh, How do companies start to figure out, you know, where to start from a technology perspective and what are maybe some of the key considerations that they need to take when actually making those decisions?
1: Yeah, yeah. Companies are are popping out of the woodwork um, to to, you know, push their their chatbot platforms and uh, their own proprietary uh, virtual assistants and chatbots and things like that. So it's uh, it's very, very rapidly changing uh, technology landscape right now. Uh, and you've got kind of the platforms out there where, um, you know, they have sort of an end to end suite for developing all kinds of different chatbot and virtual assistant. Uh, processes, and then you've got more of sort of the tools and the smaller players that are just kind of things like natural language processing or uh, development frameworks or connectors um, to different chatbot services uh, that you can use to kind of use as a foundation for custom chatbot builds. Uh, Like Paul mentioned, the biggest challenges right now are around making sure you've got the right uh, data and services in place to access that transactional data. Um, you know, there's guidelines around Alexa and other virtual assistants uh, such that you need to return responses to the end user uh, in less than something like five seconds, something like that. It's a pretty poor experience um, if you're going beyond that time timeframe. Um, so the challenges are around, you know, how can you access that data uh, quickly and efficiently, cache that data for quick responses. Uh, you know, do you need to pull all that data together into one place from a variety of legacy systems um, before you get started? Uh, Some of these questions you might answer or or ask Alexa, um, you know, might require that you go pull data from two or three different systems to put uh, an answer together. Uh, So a lot of times, you know, you may need to put all that data in one place before you get started. So, um, you know, where do you start from a technology perspective? I think it's Uh, making sure you have the right data access to some of these uh, enterprise systems, um, whether that's using uh, a microservices type architecture uh, to kind of segment out the different areas, uh, data domains and functional domains uh, from your enterprise systems, um, or building out sort of a service-oriented architecture that you can use to build these these tools on top of.
0: Okay. So where do we see uh, conversational interest is going. Um, so if we look out over the next, uh, let's call it three to five years, you know, where do, where do we think this, this ends
2: up in the short term? Uh, I'll start with you, Paul. Yeah. I, I think, I think probably looking out a little bit further, maybe on the five year mark, we're going to absolutely, you know, every company is going to have to, um, you know, have, you know, this stuff, the, the, the uptick in, in consumer behavior, customer people behavior around these things is, is on such a, a clip. It's, it's going faster than mobile um, app adoption. So companies are going to have to do something about it. Um, I, I would say what we're going to see is um, some experimentation, a lot of experimentation early on. We're probably going to see the trough of despair, which is typical in any adoption curve where you, you see a bunch of yeah, really just not very good stuff out there and you know, uh, perhaps some, you know, second guessing of this and then people will get better at it. The use cases will get better. There'll be some good success stories. And then, you know, we'll be in the eye of the tornado. So, you know, I I think everyone's every company is going to need to do do, um, you know, start rethinking the the interfaces to their information. You know, we suggest to companies get going now, start building the capabilities, experiment, Um, you know, build some of the design capabilities, start thinking about the data and the data and the technology infrastructure to support, um, these things, you know, get started now. So you, you're not left behind the curve.
0: Yeah. John, uh, anything, uh, any thoughts in terms of, especially maybe on the technology
1: front, what you see happening in the, in the short-term future? Yep, I I would expect to see, um, you know, Paul alluded to earlier, this this, this technology is already huge in in China, uh, especially with the chatbot technology, and you're starting to see a lot of the uh, apps and functionality converge almost to these single uh, platforms, like WeChat is a a great example where, um, you know, they've managed to basically combine I have a platform, you know, you can do payments, car booking, hotel booking, um, really sort of all the things that you might have separate point apps for right now, all within uh, WeChat, you know, so so all of you're seeing all these companies bring their interfaces out to where the customers are. So I think you're going to see huge growth Mm -hmm. uh, there and really haven't caught up to uh, how how proliferated this technology is in some of these other countries where it's been more popular. The other area of change I think it's going to evolve significantly is just the, um, the technological capabilities on these systems. Uh, folks come to us with a lot of ideas right now for things they want to do uh, with both virtual assistants and chatbots. And a lot of um, use cases and, and functionality just actually isn't a very good fit um, for the technology as it is right now. Um, Alexa is actually fairly limited. Um, and and what it can can do and even the type of speech uh, and input that it can process, actually. Um, So I think you're going to see that evolve over time and enable some different use cases. A good example is uh, folks often come to us and say, uh, okay, we want to use the user's voice print for security. That feature is really just not out there on any of the virtual assistant platforms. Amazon is starting uh, to do some voice recognition uh, work now in Alexa, but really, all it does is just switch between uh, different user accounts. Um, so, really, nothing that fancy yet around security. Uh, you're starting to see, you know, the the dream of this technology is have this is to have this sort of ever contextual presence that um, kind of knows all the information about you. Right now, in most of these technologies, you really don't have that context. You're not uh, passing information between different. Uh, voice skills, so to speak, they're all kind of siloed and not interacting. And you're starting to see the beginning now of, um, Amazon opening that up, uh, to allow sort of cross-skill communication and cross-skill notifications and data management and list management and things like that. So, uh, as these capabilities, as the tech capabilities evolve, I think we're going to see enablement of a lot more use cases.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, I think we got time for maybe one more question. Paul, I wanted to specifically ask you about this. In terms of you know thinking about where this is potentially going, where do we maybe see CX being impacted by this? And, and I was specifically kind of prompted by uh, uh, currently reading a book called The Power of Moments. Um, and the, the idea of how do you intentionally design moments to um, truly kind of... Uh, Deliver a, a standout experience. And in it, uh, in one of the sections where they talk about this idea of, of elevating a moment by breaking the script and this idea that, um, the, with the goal being to reduce negative variance, so things that might go wrong, uh, but also increase positive variance. But this idea that positive variance is you require some level of humanity or spontaneity (laughs) or your ability to connect at a human level do we see the rise of conversational interfaces like this potentially having a negative impact on the overall experience because now you're you're, you're, you know, supplementing humans with machines. And, you know, I kind of feel like I see this with um, automate, you know, with the IVRs, you know, in in a very limited kind of in an automated way where I just actually happened to have an experience last week where my car battery died in the parking lot at the train station. I call AAA and I'm frustrated and I have to go through all these steps to answer all these questions (laughs) when all I wanted to say was, triple A, I need someone to come to this location because my battery is dead, right? Something as simple as that. So my hope is that maybe chatbots conversational interfaces allow to to um, more naturally deal with that issue. But I feel like there's this, this fine line uh, of supplementing humanity with, with, from, with the machine thoughts.
2: Yeah. So I, you know, I think it's a really, really great question. Um, you know, I think at some point people may design machines that have empathy. Um, and that's certainly part of a design process is, you know, creating empathy in a machine, um, that, you know, but I, I, I don't know. We feel, we still feel, uh, quite a bit of ways from there. Um, but sometimes the humans that we interact with don't have empathy either and that you know that there are, there are problems with you know the way that people uh uh the the humans are incented and uh you know in a contact center or trained uh or you know recruited and you know those types of things so I, at the end of the day you know the way i look at it is these things um, the machines are are most powerful when they're augmenting humans. They're helping humans to do do jobs, and so I think some of the core, just key, you know, mundane, transactional types of things you you can turn over to these um, these these conversational interfaces or chatbots to enable the humans to be able to spend more time on those moments. You know, I, I mean, I think you raise a really interesting point, and it goes straight to strategy is. Hey, look! If you know if you know the areas where you can have this positive variance in 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 events or you know situations like if someone's you know caught on the roadside, I probably want to throw a human being on on that simply because you know who knows what else is going on? You know, there's all sorts of things that you can do when someone's in a stressful situation. Yes, we'll get that out there. And how about if we send you, you know, a cup of coffee or, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, do something afterwards, you know, that a machine is not necessarily going to think about in, in in the moment, but that, you know uh, you know, well-trained humans can, can make that moment of stress, you know, a little bit less stressful. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it's really important in the design and the overall strategy of these things of understanding, you know, that you're not just trying to go after or, or operational efficiency. And, you know, be careful of where you're investing your money in, you know, focus on the moments that matter most, and make sure you nail those. And if technology can be part of that, fantastic. Uh, where it doesn't make sense, you know, focus your your investment on other things that really make those moments... Uh, you know, matter in the interaction and drive value to customers.
0: Excellent. Well, with that, we're going to leave it there. Uh, John, really appreciate you joining Paul and I today to talk about this topic. And I think we've got you lined up uh, to talk in the future about uh, some additional post, uh, post-app post mobile world um, around augmented reality and customer experience. So again, thanks for joining us. Bye, guys. Take care.